Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by fellow consultant Ian Crothers. How are you, Ian? Hey, Dom. How are you going? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm well. Thank you very much for inviting me in. Hey, we're known as a dynamic duo, quite a team. <laughs> so I thought I'd get you in to talk about teams. And particularly in our work with teams, we talk about effective solutions equals quality times acceptance. Yeah. Yep. And if people have been through accreditation and done work with the, the GSI and problem solving, in particular, we talk about that, but I thought it'd be worth revisiting because sometimes people don't always, they're kind of more interested perhaps at that time of getting accredited in the LSI and so on, but I think there's a lot of value in the team stuff as well. Being that, I think what often happens in workplaces and all kinds of teams actually, is we kind of think if we get a bunch of smart people together, a bunch of skilled people together, throw them in a team, stuff will just work out. Yeah. Right, and then we're kind of surprised when it doesn't. All right, so what are we missing? Yeah, and so I thought what would be cool is to run through the model we use around what makes for effective teams and effective team problem solving and decision making in particular, and then think of how that kind of applies. Yeah, how's that sound? Yeah, yeah, so, sounds good. So you know, if if people are interested, you know, the, as you said, Dom, this is a model we show people in accreditation, but you know, perhaps somewhat briefly. But the model is reproduced in all of the simulation booklets for all of the you know the simulation activities. So at the back of the book, there you know you can you can easily find it. But it's a, it's a simple model, but I really like it. It's a really cool framework, I think, just to help us understand you know the key ingredients, if you like, that feed into effective teams, and you know in particular you know in a problem solving decision making context. And so you know as you said, Dom. The model highlights three ingredients, one of which is, as you said, you know, getting the right people with the right skills together. So clearly that's important, you know, very crucial that we've got the correct, you know, prerequisite knowledge and skills, expertise amongst the team. But I think fairly commonly we fall into a trap of leaving it at that and just, totally. <laughs> just kind of assuming it's all going to work, right? And so... It's what I like about this model, the quality times acceptance piece, because it, it says that, you know, that whole, you know, prerequisite skills, knowledge, expertise, you know, clearly that's important, but it's not the only ingredient. We need to somehow capitalize on that, maximize the, the benefit that's there to us in terms of those skills and qualities and expertise. So in comes the other two key ingredients, which we refer to as quality and, and acceptance. Mm. And so, you know, just in terms of definition, and you know, particularly for folks who might not have seen this before, the, the quality, you know, we kind of label that as all the rational processes and skills. So, you know, capacity for people to kind of, you know, for the team to, to set the goals, make sure the goals are, are understood, but, you know, processes around uh, how will we resolve difference, how will we make decisions, you know, how will we actually work together. So it's sort of the logical, rational kind of stuff all sits under that broad heading of quality. And so for me, and this is really about the behaviors that bring that stuff to life, right? When we presented with a problem to solve, decision to make, 
do we get everyone on the same page with their understanding of the facts? Or do we just jump straight into it? We all work here, right? I assume everyone's on the same page, sees the world the same as me. Let's just get to it. Stop fluffing about kind of stuff, right? Or do we allow people to kind of state opinions and assumptions as facts, take them as facts without kind of challenging them, right? And when you listen to me say that, you might start connecting it back to the circumplex, all right? So being getting clear, constructive, right? Jumping straight into it. Let's get on with it. We're more on the task side, the aggressive defensive side, you know, allowing assumptions to be stated as facts. We're more on that passive side. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's how do we do this rational stuff? Yeah. Right. And you can do it from, although it's rational, you might say it's task. I think it can come from anywhere in the circumplex, you know, depending on how you take it on. Yeah. So that's kind of our second key piece of the jigsaw, if you like. So we've referenced the prerequisites, task skills. Now we've got a, a focus that's necessary on this kind of quality side. There's a third piece, which is the acceptance piece. And so that's all the kind of, you know, relationship stuff. So, so do people feel like it's a safe environment for them to participate? Do people feel as though they can bring their ideas to the group, you know, without being judged or ridiculed or criticized, et cetera? So, you know, what sort of environment is there for me to participate fully? Will I be listened to? Will I be supported? Will my ideas be judged, you know, on their merit or not? You know, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, and because to me it's sort of, it's almost the relationship that I guess, you know, like I think as adults, we know not every decision can go our way. You know, we don't get everything we want. But I think what's important, it's called acceptance, right, is that we know we've been heard, our point of view has been listened to and considered, genuinely considered. And if that's the case and the decision still doesn't go our way, I think people are okay with that and can be on board with the decision made. Because I feel like I've been heard out, given a fair, a fair shake. When I don't feel like I've been heard, I don't feel like I've been listened to, consulted, I haven't been given a fair shake, that's when I'm not on board yeah. for the decision, right? And so we talked before that it's effective solutions equals quality times acceptance. So they actually go together, all right? We need high quality, the rational side, breaking down the problem into the objectives, what are the alternatives? Exploring those. You know, what are the possible consequences? How do we reach consensus? Rational stuff. But you could have the best decision in the world. It's 100% the right decision. It's awesome. But, and we all say yes, but when we leave the room, nothing happens. Right? No one actually does anything because they haven't accepted it. And I see that all the time. Right? It yep. happens in the business world all the time where you know, we're going to do this thing. And everyone's like, oh, all right. <laughs> and then there's the meeting after the meeting where you and I get together at the water cooler, like, what were they banging on about? This is a crazy idea. And so how committed am I to executing? Zero. All right. So how effective is that solution? Even though it was the right decision, zero. All right. Because we're not going to go forth and execute it. Same the other way. We get on like a house on fire. This is awesome. I love these guys. But we have a terrible process that we go through to actually make the decision. It's not a good decision. So we enthusiastically run off the cliff together kind of thing. That's not great either. That's not effective. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's um, the culmination of all three of those pieces, isn't it? Oh. You know, so clearly no, no argument, you know, the task skills and knowledge is, is crucial. That's a crucial ingredient. But as we said earlier, I, I think commonly the pitfall that, that we can fall into is, is leaving it at that. You know, and just as a just a broad assumption that because we've assembled people with the 
the skills and knowledge and expertise that that it will play out in the way that we want it to. But this particular model framework that we've been talking about this morning suggests, you know, it's, that's one piece of three. We've also got to have a, an appropriate amount of focus on on the rational, you know, quality stuff as well as the acceptance stuff. You know, all of the relationship pieces. So, you know, as you say, Dom, we we often use the phrase quality times acceptance. It's sort of saying that the task piece is a given. You know, we we know that that's there, but if there's issues with one of the other two pieces, either quality or acceptance, then you know we can't you know expect the optimum result. Yeah, that that's it. So. So I often think, you know, people love to use sporting examples yeah. for teams, right? Because it's kind of clear, you know, that's a, a world we look to often for, for examples of teamwork and teams coming together. So what does it look like in that kind of context? Yeah, yeah so Dom is, as you know, key part of my life away from human synergistics probably for the best part of 20 years, up until the end of 2019, I was pretty heavily involved with rugby teams, rugby clubs and rugby teams at a fairly elite level, sort of semi-professional level. So across three different clubs in that time. But I just think, you know, I, I often saw this play out or saw this sort of scenario play out, I think, which for me is a good connection to the model that we've just been exploring. And in particularly the the last club that I was at, which was you know semi professional club, quite you know quite elite. I was there for for six years you know, at an elite level. An interesting kind of scenario that I often saw was where we were given professional players, you know, Wallabies who were coming back, often coming back from injury, and the Wallaby coaching structure had decided they wanted to give these players a, a game in uh, you know club level, uh-huh. which is where I was as a part of their rehabilitation, you know, back from injury. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this this happened usually two three times a season. There'd be a great buzz and excitement at training because you know such and such a player, you know, high profile Wallaby was going to be with us for the game on the weekend. You know, uh, it's a shoe in. Yeah, well, that was the, that was this is my observation, right? I saw this so many times, Dom. You know, not always, but. Quite commonly, there would be a great anticipation, you know, rejoicing in the fact that we've got use of this player. And sometimes it was only for like 20 minutes or half an hour, you know, (laughs) all all quite determined by their return to play kind of protocols. But in reality, what often happened when the team took the field with this person now included, it was a a substandard performance, you know, from from the team. So we've got a superstar, but it's actually a substandard performance. And, you know, this was not a one-off thing, Dom. I I noticed this happen a lot across the clubs that I was with, across the, you know, the 20 years I've been involved. And so for me, you know, that talks to the model that we've been chatting about, you know, because it's an example of, I think, you know, a over-preoccupation with the task skills and knowledge. So in other words, here we have a fully professional player, you know, highly skilled individual who's joining the team, you know, yet the end result was anything but, you know, great, you know, what we expected. Mm. Mm. And I think that is to do with what's happening on those other two elements, so the quality times acceptance. So in reality, if we think about the quality piece, you know, I often felt very sorry actually for these individuals because they would typically have one, maybe two training sessions with the group and and it's a group that's been together you know say since November and this is happening in June 
And so these guys are just getting slotted in here. But, you know, in terms of team structures, in terms of, you know, defensive plays, attacking plays, line-out court, you know, it's a lot of stuff to learn and a lot of ground to be made up. And so I think, you know, and of course, these are professional players, right? And, and so, but, you know, it's, it's still a big ask, I think, you know, yeah. to try to learn all of that. So, so there's some shortcomings there on that rational side, you know. And on the rational side, you know, part of that also is processes around decision making. Like how will the team actually make decisions if things are not going well or, you know, who, who decides? How do we discuss options? Yeah, you know, all of that actually plays out, you know, in the moment on a rugby field, you know. Yeah. But if you've got someone in there who's not familiar with how we do this stuff, then they're lost. You know, they're lost and it becomes quite disjointed. So, so that's the quality stuff. But of course, we've got the acceptance stuff too, you know. So again, this is a group that's been together for seven, eight months. And now here we have an individual that's being slotted in with great anticipation and uh-huh. expectation <laughs> yeah, around yep. the wonderful impact this is going to have, except no one knows this person yeah. and they don't know anyone else. And you could just see it, you know, that they were more, not always, but more often than not, you know, it sort of had a detrimental effect actually to the team because this person was, was sort of just lost on both, on both pieces, quality and acceptance. There just wasn't the connections there with the other players. It was sort of disruptive. And of course, to, to fit a new player in, someone's taken out. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, what do they think of it? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know, but that's, that's an interesting dynamic. You know, someone is now removed from the team who's been there you know, for six months, potentially quite a key individual. It was often quite disruptive, I found. You know? So uh, just interesting. You know, I always kind of sat and observed that, and, and we were always, you know, when this happened, when a team did not perform well, and I should say it's not always the case, but but quite commonly, you know, people are left scratching their heads, you know, like, what, what happened? What, we had the start. What, what went wrong there? And for me, the answers to that question of, you know, what went wrong there, it's not to do with the task skills and knowledge, you know, it, it's the other two pieces. It's the quality times acceptance. What did we do there to kind of get to a point where that person who's now a member of the broader team, uh, you know, can, can contribute to the team being effective? Yeah, so obviously highly skilled, but they're not really part of the team. Yeah. Right? And therefore we're not being effective. Because what did do you ever find there was like, you know, you're talking about the team decision making and stuff. I don't know, but was there ever like the captain would kind of defer to the superstar player or something? Yeah, like, well, yeah. this guy plays with the Wallabies, so. Yeah, it's, re- it's, re- it's a really interesting dynamic to watch, you know, because a, a lot of times, you know, and I, I stress again, it's not always the case, but a lot of times, you know, it was almost like people were a bit starstruck <laughs> <laughs> and no one played well, Yeah, you know. And Get it the was ball sort of, to so-and-so yeah, and that's Yeah, it, it was sort done. of a mass confusion. And so there was, you know, this issue of who do we defer to and so we we have the captain, but we've also got this guy playing who's just come out of the Wallabies. And so, so you could see people, you know, very interested in that person's opinion, but they probably weren't in a place to be able to kind of comment because they're really they don't know the skills of the team. And all that they, don't, they don't know the structures and the calls and the, you know. And so it often created mass confusion, really. And mm. uh, you know, it was just interesting that that in the lead up. You know, mass mass excitement about the fact that you know this we're a shoe in here. You know, it's it's going to be a massacre, and and it was a massacre the other way often because, <laughs> because we just ended up being to- totally disjointed. It was just a rabble. So, it's the thing for me too because you you mentioned they might show up for one or two runs around the pitch before 
before game day. But that twigged a, a thought for me as well, tying back to the business world, is that we throw these teams together of smart, you know, knowledgeable people with skills and so on. But in business world, I think we kind of show up, we only show up on Saturdays, right? We really take the time out to actually reflect on how do we perform as a team? How do we go about making decisions, solving problems, practicing yeah. how we actually refine that and get better at that? Instead, we just kind of are always doing, we're always doing. And so I wonder, you know, with the analogy of the sports team, you know, if that superstar had have been in the team since November yeah. and played through, it'd be a different kind of story. Oh, of course, yeah. Right? And so I always think with our business teams, do we take time out to actually reflect on how do we perform as a team? How do we do the doing? Yeah. You know, instead of we're always just in the doing, right? We're always just doing stuff, but we never reflect on how do we do it and therefore can get better at it, which in the sporting analogy is, you know, Wednesday practice or whatever it is. And so, you know, that's a lot of work we do with teams is hitting the pause button and reflecting, well, how do we make decisions? How do we solve problems? How do we do the quality and acceptance part yeah. together to be more effective? Because otherwise, you know, think think of the equivalent of a sports team who never train and just turn up on Saturday. It would only be in the social league, <laughs> the beer league, right? We're going to the pub afterwards. Uh, so why do we do it in the professional world, you know, in the business world? Yeah, yeah. You know, like training is clearly important or probably no one would do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one wants to, yeah. So, you know, so uh, it's a good point, Dom, you know, and, and I think back to our, where we started this morning, you know, the three key elements, aren't there? You know, quality, acceptance and, and skills, but we need to refine our skills, uh, you know, in all three buckets, you know, mm. and so that's it, you know, in the sporting world, but also, you know, teams at work as well. There's always opportunities to improve where we're at, not just improving our knowledge and skills and expertise as such in relation to the, you know, the core tasks, core functions, but how are we working, you know, together, the acceptance staff and, and, and all of the, you know, how do we go about making decisions, resolving difference, etc. the process stuff. Oh. Um, there's always opportunities for enhancement, isn't there? But I guess, uh, you know, shared with you the, the rugby thing today, just because, you know, if for me, it was just a good analogy of where, you know, we often kind of fall over in the business world as well, which mm. is this over-focus on the skills piece to the detriment of the other two elements that are in the model there, you know. We undercook the behavioral part of it. Yeah. Yeah, how we come together. Awesome, man. I, I love that analogy. It works for me. <laughs> so, uh... Thanks for uh, coming in and sharing that today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.